This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. I want to read a couple statements and then turn to that textual problem on page 123 and 124. So, uh, How'd you air quote that? <laughs> page 123. 143? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to turn there yet. So, um, don't worry about it. Just, just listen. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> okay, so Luther's... Luther says, It is the office of Christ in this life to reinstate the human race in that lost innocence and joyful obedience to the law which existed in paradise in the positive. This he did when he died for us, bore the curses and punishments of the law, and gave us his innocent righteousness. In this way, the law obedience becomes joyful to us in some other way. We will render it in the superlative in heaven. That's one says Christ, and his, talking about how Christ is the fulfillment of the law, then he brings the Holy Spirit to those who believe in him, that they may delight in the law of the Lord. To render the law delightful, undefiled, is therefore the office of Christ. And now when we turn to pages 123 and 124, um, it makes me wonder whether we should say with the editor, this, whether or not this is inter an interpolation, it works or whether we still think it is not quite an accurate description of what Luther has been saying. <clears throat> so if you didn't read the introduction, this is the, the, the part um, at the end of this 30th argument on page 123 that is only in, I believe, two out of seven manuscripts. Um, <laughs> Are you joking? No. no. Okay. This is really an introduction. I yeah. This is a text-critical problem. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and what exacerbates that, because, you know, not all manuscripts are perfect, but what exacerbates that problem is precisely that um, Luther answers the question, why is the law to be taught, with three answers. <laughs> with three uses? Yeah, well, it says, you know, the law is to be taught because of discipline, according to the saying of Paul in 1 Timothy 1.9. The law is given for the unjust. Um, secondly, the law is to be taught in order to show sin, accuse, terrify, and damn the consciences. So the law brings about wrath. Thirdly, the law is to be retained so that the saints know what works God requires in which they can exercise obedience toward God. <laughs> Yeah, and the question there, which we don't even, is just, do we have to say that this is um, someone cribbed some Melanchthon and just stuck it in there? Is this John eight? Clearly. Oh, it's kind of like it's like that question. Yeah. Is that eight chapter eight? Yeah. Yeah. Given what we've talked about so far and what you've read in the Antinomian Disputations, do you think that thirdly? is an appropriate description or not. Yes. You do. I think it's consistent with the yeah. antinomian disputations, yes. Whether it was original or not, I will never know. But. Yeah, I don't know if we can know that. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a place. <coughs> Luther says the Decalogue shows us what is righteous. Mm. I couldn't find it in here, but he says the Decalogue shows us what is righteous. That's all the third Jesus is trying to claim, which mm. is, it's, it's not something... Um, Don't laugh. Real, uh, <laughs> real people who are um, very sensitive to legalism or moralism rightly mm. um, think that third users are trying to say the third use of the law, we, we, we beat it into people. Yeah. Or something like that. Or that we are now saying that the law now does have the ability to evoke what it, what it, yes. what it says. And that's not what the third use does. The third use says, just shows you. Just, just shows you. Shows a Christian, this is what, this is, this shows you what God requires. Mm. The Decalogue shows you what God requires. Mm. Uh, by, by the Spirit, He shows you what the, God, the law requires. And for some Lutherans, they explicate that in the second use. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm. I don't lose any sleep over that. No, I don't either. But the issue seems to come up all the time. It does. What happens is when Reformed people respond to hearing Luther, I feel like they transgress what was just articulated about where the third use is. I think so. Kevin Dio. So, like... When he posts, <laughs> it comes across more strongly as like human effort. <laughs> yeah, and ergo, I mean, it's almost like ergo. Let's not preach the law as it should be principally preached. Mm. Let's actually emphasize that this is supposed to guide you. So do it, and then it starts to, yeah, it just starts to sound like it weighs heavily on the hearer. Yeah, or and it, it sounds like the preacher is saying this is going to give you, this is going to motivate because, uh, like even in Dion's post, he gave up. You have a distinction between motivations. He said there are many motivations for following the law, not just the gospel, you know. And so he went into it. And even then, he might be like fine-tuning words, but all of a sudden you hear third use sounds like it can accomplish what it demands, you know. And, and it's all because it's in response to um, folks who say there is no third use, you know. And so they almost they end up overstating it. Yeah, Antino or uh, not antinomies. Third users unnecessarily try to guard against antinomianism mm. and uh, respond to a caricature of mm. Lutheranism. And gospelers, I think. Gospelers. Gospelers. I don't know. What you, say. I don't know. <laughs> you guys just make words up as you need. We totally <laughs> do. But it's okay. Luther does it too. Um, but they are perhaps unnecessarily responding to the existence of the third use as this covert legalism. And I don't, I don't think that either has to be true. And mm -hmm. if, if the only difference is how we articulate it by slight degrees, I don't know that we're that far apart. Yeah. Well, I think the way you articulated it was very sort of nuanced, fair. He's a soft third use. Textually sensitive way of putting it. I'm a two and a half user. <laughs> 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 I'm a five, five point two and a half user. The reason yeah. I the reason I retained it is because I think there are hearings of the law for the Christian that don't have to sound weighty. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not, 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 I'm not saying that the, the, the speaker gets to determine that. I'm just saying that there can be times where because of the spirit they hear the hearer of the law can go, hmm, sounds like a good idea. 
Yeah. Why don't you tell the concrete example of the couple that you're just talking about this morning? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great. I think it's a great example of that. I uh, was dealing with uh, a fair to say, a fairly nominal, but I think real Christian couple uh, who were learning what it means to be in the faith. They came to me for premarital counseling. That uh, they go to our church. They have since become members as of last weekend. Um, but uh, they came to me and we talked about premarital counseling um, and he did move in with this woman he got engaged to and I felt like you know I'm friends with this guy I felt like in my premarital counseling of him I just had to be honest with it just once just once I had to be honest and tell him what I thought about what it meant to live together before you're married and explicate that so in my in my law gospel paradigm I said I want to start with gospel move to law then go back to gospel and so I just kind of said, hey, I want to have a conversation with you guys. I love you. I want to say this thing one time, but it won't change the fact that I love you. I want to start with I love you. I do think I need to say with this one thing, but it doesn't change how I feel about you. And if you, if it, if you don't like it or you hate it, that's okay. Mm. I won't ever say it. So then I said what I said, which was I just kind of grounded. I don't think living together is best before mm. you're married. Here's, some, here's kind of some theological reasons why, and then I gave some sociological reasons why. I kind of said, I think it makes you practice division and not practice unity. I think in your heart you kind of say, this is mine, this is mine. I gave some reasons, some law. And I said, but I'll give it up. I just wanted you to know how I felt. Because I care about you, you know, whatever. That is law. It is law. I really think so. And then, um, but I said, I do think this is what is best. And then I ended with, but I love you. I'll give it up. I won't talk about it again. Um, I just, I just, and I, I even kind of pivoted to a postmodern line a little bit. I said, I had to be true to myself, and I didn't feel like I could be, you know, what I, I didn't feel like I could give you true premarital counseling if I couldn't be true to myself. Mm. But I'm done. I love you. Um, and then they came back the second time, and then they said, you know, we talked about what you said. Um, it really impacted us, and we do want there to be something different about our marriage. Um, and our marriage night and everything like that. So we agreed we'll be celibate from here to our wedding. Mm. Now, I didn't, I didn't keep hold them accountable to that. I never asked them about it again. But they said, we agree with your idea. And maybe that's their use. Well, and what their, their first response when you told them that was, we didn't even know. Yeah, their first response was, gosh, no one's ever said that before. So even as much as they didn't know, that'd be second. They were ignorant of the law. Right. And or ignorant of their sin. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, that, but that's where it gets difficult to parcel out the uses of the law right. in, the, in the experience. Which use was it? Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. And so yeah. that you might say two and a half use or whatever. And I was just saying, let me show you what I think righteousness looks like. Mm. But they didn't feel condemned. Right. They didn't feel obviously the relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so key. Gospel, all gospel is not bad. But I think it was an A word, in where, I mean, to your point, it's some sort of mixed bag where it can't, it's not just first use, it's the law going out. Yeah. But in the context of the gospel, it became something that illumined them and they stepped into a little bit. Yeah. And maybe, maybe of course, they're looking at going, no, we're not doing the right thing. Goodness, God likes us more now. I'm sure, probably they're thinking that. But... Still, it was like a real positive thing. Cool. 
Yeah, I, mean, what, I feel like what, what you're saying is, has a corollary in Luther's distinction between Christ as gift and example. Um, you give the gift first or the sacrament first, and it's the very thing that gives you all things. You can't follow Christ in that way, but you can follow Christ as an example. He shows you a different way of living, and it's that thing which coheres um, with the law itself. Um, so, and I fully believe any any power or motivation that they had to be complicit to those constraints of the law was only the spirit mm. and not the third use of the law. Totally, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> we will never speak of the third use of the law again. It's <laughs> been closed. Um, <clears throat> I I've, I felt a certain duty to mention it just because even in the LCMS right now, which I'm not a part of, but they have this huge war going on about soft and hard antinomianism. Um, what are their distinctions? <clears throat> hard antinomianists are, are Agricola. They are the people who say the law plays no role in repentance. And nobody's calling each other a hard antinomian. Yeah, they're proponents of hard antinomianism. Yes, I am. No, they're not really calling each other that. Um, they're calling each other soft antinomians, which is just saying, if you don't preach the law at the end of your sermon, then you're yes. just, yeah, if you don't show, you know, this, and this is what this means for daily life. Or, law, gospel, law. Mm-hmm. Law, hard, gospel, law, light. Yeah. Which, that, that's, that's the conversation that's happening in Missouri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hard antinomian is the true antinomian, right? That's like the historical. Yeah. I, I, Someone is just like something they're here to It's just they're making this up a little yeah, bit, yeah. but. So what's the right? They're, but they're saying neither of those are good. Law, gospel, is the. No, you, you, you don't want to be either one, right. which I think for them means you want to give your people a certain kind of third use of the law. But they, they're, they're tolerating soft antinomians in their midst. They don't want to tolerate. Is that, are we, I'm just asking how yeah. Lutherans are having a conversation. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not, my, it's not my people. But, um, they can't root you out for soft antinomianism. So in most in the LCMS, the soft antinomians, they say it's not in the proper preaching office, but the teaching office? I mean, where, where, does the third, where would they say the third you should then be Spoken, if not in the sermon. I I think they're saying you should use the third use in preaching. In preaching. Otherwise, you are a soft antinomian, which is a bad. Law, first, second, and third use, and gospel. Yeah, I think I as far as I understand the debate, that is precisely it in the movement right now in Missouri. Missouri is in in some ways an inexplicable church body. So their debates are always a little distinct um, from the rest of Lutheranism in some ways. Um, I just say that because we're not having this discussion at all in our denomination, um, and neither is the ELCA. But that's because they don't talk about the law yeah. at all, really. They're hard in their A lot of them are, yeah. Luther actually says there's another group of beings that are the Antinomians, angels. Oh yeah. Did you pick up on that? Because the law is empty for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more, more like they're anomians, mm-hmm. but it's kind of interesting that 
that's where the Decalogue will be eternal for us all. Because they already live. It says they live without the law. Right. They live apart from the law completely. And that's where we will live one day without the law. I, I think what I think, I think Decalogue will exist, but not as law to us. That's where the name of the book, the name of the book comes from. Right. Is, isn't the distinction there, though, between empty and efficacious? And by efficacious, he means accusatory. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah, he yeah. says when we talk about the law, we do not talk about the empty law and ciphers as the angels talk about it, <clears throat> since they absolutely do not know any law and are without the law. Mm. Mm. So the true antinomians are, are the, the angels. angels. <laughs> <laughs> You're always going to end up saying something weird when you talk about angels. <laughs> Luther's angelology. Yeah. Like, that's cool. They're He's lawless. Or can I say whatever angels yeah. are? Uh, on this point, <laughs> I was whatever reading this morning, uh, and uh, by Sinclair Ferguson and J.I. Packer, they wrote a a, uh, a new uh, dictionary of theology, and they say this: it says, as the reformers reflected on the law, they came to see three uses for it. First. The law serves as a guide to society in promoting civic righteousness. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the secondly, the law convicts sinners and drives them to Christ. Thirdly, the law directs Christians to holy living. So, are we saying something here in this class differently than what they're saying about the first use of the law? No, no. The first use. Yeah. Okay. The third use. The third thing they said. The third thing they said was the law directs Christians to holy living. And you, I wouldn't make that statement. Yeah. All yeah. respect to J.I. Packer and <clears throat> Ferguson sitting here to say that all the reformers that that's not a true statement. Yeah. But you and your freedom in Christ can <laughs> can say that or not say that. But might you say that after we've kind of gone over this, that it's a little bit more towards that than you would have said before this yeah. house. No, no, I'm, I'm familiar with these. And I still think that's a, and I mean, that's for a dictionary, two paragraph entry. You gotta yeah. say something <laughs> to say that all the reformers, you know, vocally yeah. taught these three uses of the law. That's, that's. No, it just says as they reflected. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't say that this is what they all believed. It's just as they oh. seem to say, reflect. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they're saying, or how they're saying. I'm aware that the third use argument is when we're talking so much about it. It's not a major, I mean, even at the time it didn't get huge air, well, it was a period before Concord, I guess. Yeah. It's not a, there aren't a lot of people that talk about it. It's a small segment of Christendom that does. Yeah, and I, I think with Luther you have to give him the respect of saying he talked about two uses of the law. Um, and so far as you're going to discuss a third, you have to root it sort of radically in the simile. Um, such that it doesn't, maybe it's the two and a half thing. Like, it's just not fully, it's not fully there as a sort of distinct thing in and of itself. Uh, you can't accuse Luther of being antinomian. No. No. That would be an unfair, sometimes their users do. Mm. Which, completely wrong. They're, they're absolutely believed in the work of the Spirit and in a Christian's life and uses active verbs like battle against the flesh, the world, the devil. Um, 
And so, however you want to exploit on the law, it crushes, it kills. No. And God is the author of it. He is the author of the death. And we must preach it. I mean, that is a <clears throat> absolutely high view of the law. And then Christ comes and makes it delightful to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the example we're not going to look at now because of time is he talks about seeing a beautiful girl and starting to lust. And then you know you're not supposed to. And the Spirit does it for you. <laughs> you, you resist. I mean, that, that's a sort of concrete picture of the working of the law. And that, that would be kind of a first use, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit um, keeping you on the straight and narrow, in other words. So that's, yeah, I mean, that, that is the law being both good and bad in the same time, I guess. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.